I got something coming back from India that really exhausted me. So I rested absolutely all day, feeling okay now a bit. Um, so I'll, because uh, yeah, I, I wanted to do uh, the kirtan and everything, but it's going to be a little bit abbreviated. It's okay, it's late anyway. Okay, I'll, I'll do something with cartels. <laughs> something with uh, play the drum. I'll play the tune that when I first saw Prabhupada. Everybody move up a little bit because people come and then. When I first saw Prabhupada in 71 at, I don't know if it was Idlewild or JFK Airport, I'm not sure when they changed the name. Um, no, it's, it was already JFK Airport. So I told the story before that Prabhananda was the, the, uh, the leader of the temple. He was a charismatic leader. And uh, he was a real leader. People listened to him. And he uh, told the devotees that it should be very melodious when Prabhupada comes. He said, not Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. So we'll do that, that tune for a little while. I'll see. <clears throat> Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna. Yeah. Uh -huh. 
sleeping but just resting my body but somehow I came here and I got some new energy um, so what, what are the subjects you want me to talk about anyone suggest something okay no help <laughs> okay well what I'm going to uh, begin with, the ideas I had to talk with, a dear friend and a great Vaishnava, Dhammakarana, passed away. And I don't think normally I would always speak about it, but in visiting him, in visiting him, in his last days, well, that's good. I, I was feeling so cold, but now I'm feeling hot. So that's <laughs> um, in visiting him in his last days, and. Uh, visiting him in his last days and observing things um, and seeing the nature of his passing, which was quite extraordinary. It's an extraordinary devotee and he should, when he passes away, there should be some homages and I think it's a great opportunity now. You know, I was in Vrindavan and I was running the school and he was running the temple. 
so we had some relationship. And uh, Prabhupada said about the the uh, management in Vrindavan, it was cursed. It, it's very hard to manage in Vrindavan because <coughs> there's a spiritual energy that moves everything towards God. And I often described that um, I often describe that it's like if you were going in a river and the river was flowing east and you're going east, the water is the most beneficial, pleasant thing and the wind or a sailboat and the, it, 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 the wind is going east, it's the most pleasant thing. But that same wind or that same water, if you're going west, all of a sudden the same thing without changing becomes the most challenging and uh, 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 oppositional thing. So it's not that that changed, you changed. So Vrindavan is very, very difficult to stay. You go there for a few days, Prabhupada said three days or three years, meaning for three days you can kind of be in that energy and move towards God, and it feels like, wow, I'm just flying, it's so wonderful. But when you make a commitment to stay, then three years means we even have service to stay again. You can't live your ordinary life in Vrindavan. And very, very few people stay. So management is extremely difficult there. Because, you know, management is the mode of passion. It's that the beauty of the Van Ashram system is the Brahmins are on top and the Kshatriyas are, are below them. So if you want to control and enjoy, you're number two. If you want to be number one, you have to be renounced. So it's a beautiful check. So management there becomes very kind of, very challenging thing. And of course, I'm running one thing, he's running another thing. Obviously it has to be conflicts and because I'm managing, he's managing, and his territory, and things. So, you tend to see someone as very ordinary when you deal with them in management. And, um, yeah, but there's the inspired side of the Vaishnava is the ordinary dealings. And I think we always have to remember that. Can you hear me in the back? Yes, yes Master. Okay. I think we always have to remember that. Because everyone has body, and the body is karma. As says that in the Bhagavad Gita, and it moves in a particular way. 
and um, and everyone has a different nature. And then there's a question of compatibility. You know, people can be nice, another person can be nice, and they're not compatible. That's why in marriage, they do astrological charts or something, see if the people are compatible. It's not seeing if the person is just good, but seeing if the person is <laughs> compatible. So, you know, management, I never have, and, and it really shows you not to judge devotees. The main thing is, this Raghunathas, I think it's in Harinam Chintamani, he said this, maybe you know this chara, there's 33 qualities of a devotee. And the most important one is your surrender to Krishna. That's the most important one. So when you look back, you really you really get amazed how people have given their lives everything. And I, I know, I tell you this story, I hope it doesn't shock you in Vrindavan, but he, you know the land in Vrindavan where they have the Balaram Hall and the Krishna Hall? We didn't have that land. And he somehow got that land, and he went to uh, Mumbai and bought the land. And the mafia, there's mafia everywhere. <laughs> the mafia was very upset. And they, they arranged to try to kill him. And he got shot. When he went to the bathroom at night, the person was in the other stall. He climbed over the stall and shot him in the back. And the bullet went through his back and came out his front. You know how there's smart bombs? If they direct, they can go like through windows and around things and get someone. That thing's called smart bombs. If they direct it to you, it won't hit into the wall. It'll go through the window. It'll go up the stairs. I call this, this was an Indian dumb bullet. <laughs> <laughs> it managed to miss every vital organ in his body by a hair. By a hair. It was miraculous. Um, so he made sacrifice. The management is so tough. He built the Samadhi in Vrindavan. He built the Samadhi in Mayapur. And then he went from management to preaching. And he was a great kirtanier in philosophy, etc. So, but the real test is how someone leaves this world. And I, you know, I, amazing. I went to see him. You imagine he has cancer, and he's not going to take any painkillers because he wants to be in good consciousness. That's really tough. I don't know if I could do it. You're dying of cancer and there's so much pain. And he fasted completely from food for the last three weeks. And I did get to see him. 
I came into Vrindavan before I left. He was laying on the his side, and uh, um, mind was very clear. He told me, he said, he just said Bhagavatam, so I spoke Bhagavatam. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then, you know, when he passed away, his consciousness was clear. Even if you saw his body, it's, I, when I went in there, generally when someone fasts for three weeks, they're all gone, but he wasn't gone. So it was quite, um, in other words, we make whatever judgments we want, but ultimately Krishna decides. Krishna decides who is exalted, who should be glorified. And, you know, Krishna demonstrated, you know, he didn't, he didn't see any doctors for the last eight months. There was an author, Christopher Hitchens, he was an atheist, he wrote a book, God is not great how religion poisons everything. <laughs> and uh, he was a great writer. I kind of liked him, even though he was an atheist, because he was an independent thinker. He took views that he lost all his friends. But he was, he believed, he didn't believe in God, but he, he, you know, whatever he believed, and he was, and he was a great writer, and he was known that he could come home at one o'clock in the morning completely drunk, and then have a deadline of eight in the morning for an article. I think he wrote for, the, he wrote for Vanity Fair, and he was able to write that article. So when he was dying, he wrote a book called Death. And he made a very, very brilliant point that the advancement of modern medicine is to, audit, to, to keep the body alive in a tortured state mm -hmm. and take all the family's money. <laughs> <laughs> that was his realization. And he was right until the end of the radiation that so to actually have that commitment, Shreyas and Prayas. Prayas is immediate benefit and Shreyas is ultimate benefit. It's hard, you know, when, when your immediate benefit is to kill the pain, but your ultimate benefit is to stay fully conscious at the time of death. And I don't think he was even that much pain. He was, but not that much. And then we know, because the Bhagavad Gita, it gives a whole chapter on death. And the Bhagavatam, and the Bhagavatam, the whole thing is based on death. Death tattva, the subject of death, is so important. Yam yam papi smaram bhavam tajatyante kalevaram tam tame vaiti asa whatever you're thinking at the time of death, to that nature you go. And it's not really just mentally thinking. It, it's sadantad bhava bhava, it's what your mood is. As Prabhupada said, I saw when Prabhupada came out of his room, 
when Prabhupada was coming to Vrindavan for the last time to leave his body, and uh, he was coming from the train station. He came for a train from Mumbai. He was carried in his very big devotee, Brahmananda, like the Pieta, or like Hari Dastakor in Lord Chaitanya's arms. And just before he came to his room, Prabhupada folded his hands and said, Krishna Tvadiya Padapankacha Pankarajama Yeva May Let me die now when the swan of my mind is entangled with the lotus of your feet. Otherwise, at the time of death, when the body is choked up with his spile and air, how can I remember you? So really, your remembrance at the time of death will be your consciousness. Prabhupada, <coughs> Prabhupada gave that example of a very old man and he's in the hospital and a beautiful nurse walked by and his eyes were following. <laughs> so that's his Siddhartha Baba Bhavata. It'd be easy for him to remember beautiful women even if he's choked up. It's your Baba. <laughs> So, I mean, it's really glorious because, and he was calm, he even said the word calm or calm. The last word Giant Vaitamarit said that came out of his mouth, which is, it's interesting, the last words that came out of Gudagrahi Marj's mouth, another exalted devotee that died in Vrindavan was gratitude, gratitude. <clears throat> he had gotten, it's very interesting, I was in Kali, he was a very good friend of mine. And he made Kastuba devotee, good Grai March. He, he went and, and stayed with him in some horrible place where they were living and he kind of made him a devotee. So Kastuba sent him a message which I was able to deliver, thanking him. And then they sent me back the tape at, at Guna Grimar's. The last words he said was gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. So the last words that Kadamba Swami said was mission, mission. Spread the holy name in every town and village. But, you know, and you know, when he was about to leave, some devotee couldn't accommodate all the devotees, but B.P. Govinda Swami came. Which is interesting, because he was the one that was doing the kirtan when Kudagrai March left. So beautiful kirtan, and, and, and then he leaves, so it's exalted. And it also demonstrates an important fact. Because the Bhagavatam says, what is the duty of a man who's about to die, what should he not do? Harinam, Anu, Kirtanam, we should chant the holy name. 
Um, the Gita, the sixth chapter, is all death tattva, how to leave the world. When Prabhupada was leaving the world, his sannyasis, his sannyasis came in, senior devotees, and Prabhupada looked at him and said, don't think this won't happen to you. You see that, but you don't see. What, what do you see, but you don't see, the Bhagavatam says? Somehow you have this idea that everything we're accruing in this world will, will protect us. But the verse says, everyone's died. My grandfather's died, my father's died, my father's father's Everybody in the world, the history is everyone dies, but no one acts like they're going to die. That's the psychology. That's the psychology. That's why in the Catholic Church, for some of the heavy monks, they have what's called, I think, the catacombs. Is that what it's called? Where they keep skulls just to kind of remind people of reality. I always tell the story of my grandfather. He was 90, his 90s. He got cancer and he walked out of the hospital six times. <laughs> he never in his life went to a funeral. He always had some excuse. <laughs> he never went to a funeral. And somehow or other, I happened to be in when he passed away, and I went to the funeral. And my uncle, my uncle described his last words. I thought I was strong, the strongest of the strong. I thought I was wise, the wisest of the wise, but it's not true. Of course, I coined a very nice phrase, when a spiritual person looks at death, death is the illusion of non-existence. One doesn't die if one becomes realized. I saw that in, uh, in India where there was this great lady devotee. I mean, she was very, actually very good family. Her father was the... <clears throat> head of the Peabody Museum in Harvard, that's the main museum where father was the curator. And, uh, and she distributed books like 12 hours a day. She was one of those people. She was so dedicated. And I was there when she left. She wanted to die on the floor, so they took the bed and put it on the floor of her daughter. They're putting pictures by her in front of her face. And then an hour before she left, the Ayurvedic doctor came in who had put her cancer into remission. In the West, they, they opened it up. They said, there's nothing we can do for you. So she went to Vrindavan <coughs> to just hear Prabhupada's books like 24 hours a day or as much as she could. And he treated her and it went into remission. And she went back for the Christmas marathon. These people really had some dedication. It was amazing. 
And then it came back again. She came and I was in her room when she passed away. That same Ayurvedic doctor came in and felt her pulse and said, disease is finished. We have one hour left to live. So he was a bridge bossy, you know, spiritual person, Naratam. So what did he meant? The real disease is the desire to control and enjoy, which reflects the consciousness on the body. And identifying with the body, you suffer the vikara, the transformations of the body. You suffer the transformations of the body. But, um, that's the false ego. The false ego is a subtle element that delimits the consciousness to a particular body. So it's only the false ego that you're thinking you're the body and you're experiencing the pains and the pleasures of the body. When you die, God in his infinite abilities, he figures out by your deeds and your desires and your consciousness what body you need to purify yourself and come closer to God. It could be, be a very suffering body, it can be a little bit better body, but whatever it is, it's all perfect. There's a particular experience you need next. A lot of times, what the realization you need, you can't get it until you have other realizations. So he, 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 he. And then, when God makes that choice, then you get a false ego which delimits the consciousness to a particular body. So when, when, when disease is finished, it means you're free from the false ego. You just want to serve God. And I remember about 15 minutes, 15 minutes before she left, no, about this. And one hour we have left to live. About that, she said, "Take a picture of me smiling for my God sisters who are preaching Krishna consciousness." And she smiled. Then, fifteen minutes before she left, she said, "This is intense." <laughs> <laughs> but don't think it won't happen to you. It's amazing. We're all going to face that at one time. We're all going to face that at one time with all our attachments. One time a sadhu in Vrindavan told me, a very famous scholar actually, was a friend of mine. He said, the real pain is not the, of, of death is not the physical body because you can always take drugs or you go into coma. But the real pain is our attachments. That's the real pain. So, it's inspiration, I think, Kadamakananda's life as well. Really amazing. His preaching, his dedication, and management, and kirtan, and classes. But to see the way he died in Vrindavan without any painkillers, 
in full consciousness, surrounded by the devotees in Kirtan. In the Bhagavatam, it says, when the devotees come at death, it's Krishna coming at death. So to see that, um, to see that is quite quite amazing, all those devotees chanting. And uh, and then to see the Samadhi ceremony was so beautiful. I, you can look it up, Kadamakananda Swami Samadhi. Looked it up, how they took the body there and then they put it in the hole and they pour in salt because salt dries out the body. I know it does something to preserve it. That's the thing. If a sannyasi, they generally bury a sannyasi. Everybody else they burn. These are just some of the little cultural things. But what it shows to me more than anything is You know, his guru is Jayagreta Swami. Initially, he was initiated by Bhavananda. <coughs> I was there in Vrindavan in 1978. He goes way, way back. And he got initiated by Bhavananda, as everyone did. And then, he was his own Acharyas. And then he was choosing a guru. And he chose Jayagreta March. And I remember when he told me, I said, he's not initiating. And basically, he tells me, he will. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, sure enough, he got initiated by Giant Vector March. But it's interesting. I don't know how many will understand it. I'm 73. I'm a different generation. But I call Giant Vector March the dragnet sannyasi. <laughs> because there used to be a television show called Dragnet. <laughs> And the old men on the couch understand this. <laughs> there used to be a show called Dragnet, and it was a detective show, and the guy was Joe Friday. And his thing was just the facts. He would cut through all the crap. He took it just the facts. Just the facts. So I thought that Jay Waitemarge was, was like that. Just the facts. What does Prabhupada say? What is Prabhupada's mission? That's it. I don't look beyond that. Just the facts. So I think Kadamakana was attracted to him because he was like that. Just the facts. <laughs> what is Prabhupada's mission? All I ate today was a handful of blueberries. And the skin just came out when I got I have to kind of chew it a bit here. Um, I'm transparent. Uh, so, I think he took Jayad Wait to Swami because the disciple takes the mood of the Guru. There are different types of Vaishnavas. There's not one mold. Even in, in, in Rasa theory, they describe the psychology of a pure devotee. And one psychology can be a pebble in a pound, pond, another one can be a mountain in the ocean. The mountain in the ocean is even it explodes, 
you don't see it on the surface. A pebble in a planet, a little small thing, you see the ripples. So one advanced devotee may be like the mountain in the ocean. The mountain in the ocean. They're very grave. Another one may be the pebble in the pound, like, like Krishna Das Babaji. He's very effusive. So it's a mood, and I think he took that mood, just the facts. Prabhupada's mission, Prabhupada's practice, no frills, let's go, we'll go this way. And uh, it's a testimony to that, because look at the way he passed away. You can say whatever you want, but uh, that's extraordinary. That's Krishna's mercy. It's amazing that I spoke so long. <laughs> but I definitely like to touch base with every single person here. Definitely, before you go say hello to me. I just may be sitting here or something. <laughs> um, it's, it's unusual for me because I usually don't get... It's kind of like a mysterious thing because it's like a plug. I once had this thing called the Healy machine and it's supposed to judge your prana. And I was staying with Leela they're young and Jamuna Bihari, they're 24. So they had that machine. So they took it, you know, and they had like, out of the seven chakras, they had like average five out of ten of the prana. Or the chakras or something, the prana and the chakras. They did me, it was nine out of, it was nine out of ten, <laughs> six or seven chakras. I said, this must be accurate. Because <laughs> <laughs> I do have energy. So, but, you know, it's great how Krishna deals with you. I'm, I'm just amazed I'm sitting here because I felt so uncomfortable in the morning up until noon that I, I just didn't get out of my zero gravity chair. <laughs> And I was always cold. I was always cold, no matter what I did. This jacket, a blanket, etc. So, are there any questions? It's okay, we can sit here and meditate. <laughs> no, seriously, we don't have to feel like pressured. We can just sit. Can I give you something, Maharaj? What? Can I give you something? Give me something. Can yes. I, I have something for you. Oh, okay. Is it a good time? Well, you know, it's right, it, now it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always antsy, so. How, so, so. how many years since I've seen it's you? It's been I about think. a quarter of a de uh, century. About 25 years, I believe. Oh, the big initiation at Madame Mohan's, that was the last time we met. Really? You were at that initiation? Yes. Wow. I've been meaning to give this to you for... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look at it and... Uh... You mentioned it the other day in your class when we were at 26 Second Avenue. Okay. All right, good. I, I know what it is. 
Um, Yasso, he ever been to Dallas? He built most of that. The Dallas Temple is a very intricate temple. Yeah. Yudhisthira is now in Vrindavan. And I have a lady who assists me taking people around. Taking around, he says, she's a jewel. His wife is in ecstasy, she's crying. So it's nice. Yeah. It's a great song. Okay, Juna Jaya, any question? I just, <laughs> I just thinking about what you said about Kadama Kanaswami's last word was mission. And I was watching the, the video he made, the, the final message. And I'm sure a lot of people <coughs> watched it. But it, what really struck me, he kept saying, stay on the path, stay on the path, stay on the path. And so that makes complete sense that, you know, that would be. That's, that's what he was saying. Yeah. He said, it's, you should watch it, Mirage. He, it's about a 15-minute video that he left for his disciples. And he, he reassures them. It's really sweet. He goes, I will, I will be with you. I will still be with you. And he says a number of times, stay on the path. Stay on the path. I'll be waiting for you. I'll be waiting for you. And We're all going to meet again. We'll meet again, yes. And the greatest celebration. Celebration ever. Yeah, it's, it's, it's well, stunning. It's, um, in the Bhakti Siddhartha, it says that we should never consider great Vaishnava as historical personalities. As we don't consider Krishna as an historical personality. We don't consider Rupa Goswami a historical personality. So we don't consider Vaishnavas a, a, a historical personalities. But another thing that was really amazing is that how organized he was. Even he, he organized his, his own samadhi. <laughs> That's why this Sunday he told people this is how it should be done. So, he's very... And, uh... Jaitmaitha Marge especially appreciated that, you know, when people came to South Africa, they mostly preached to the Indians. You know, culture, and there's money, and it just... And he went to Soweto and preached in Soweto, which is quite... And uh, so, Dira Dira Janapriyo Piyakaro Namatsaro Pujatao. Dira Dira, the Cisco Swamis were dear to the gentle and the ruffians because they weren't envious of anyone. So, it's pretty amazing. Any other questions? I have a question for that. Yeah. It's a very good question. I, I think the main thing in bhakti is we're humble. Bhakti means humility. And humility means we do what Krishna wants. So obviously for a grihasta, Krishna wants them to take care of the family, they want them to you know, take care of... So it doesn't matter. Kiva vipa, kiva nasi, kena sudra, ye krishna veta tattva sagra. Doesn't matter. One's a grihasta, or, but one has to, 
I mean, there's gradations of advancement, but advanced Krihastas, they're always doing their duty, what Krishna wants. And sometimes it's very difficult, etc. So, you know, he was dedicated to the mission in that way. People can be dedicated in other ways. Main thing is, Anukliena Krishna Anu Shilanam Bhakta Uttama. You favorably, Anukliena Krishna Anu, follow with your activities Krishna. So Grihasta can do that. Everything they do is what Krishna wants. Attachment and detachment. Krishna wants us to fulfill our attachments also, to be peaceful for the higher endeavor of Krishna consciousness. So our desires can also be what Krishna wants. They also can be the truth, following the truth, but not because we want them, but because Krishna wants them. Anybody else? Yeah. I, I wrote a couple of poems about Kadamakara as well. Yeah, you People would like to hear that. Yeah. Janta also has his new book on poetry if anyone wants to get a signed copy. I just want to give a little background. Um, I've been writing poems for a few years and I would send them to Maharaj, Kadamakara Maharaj. Maharaj, and he told me um, that he liked them, and then one, one day he, he read a couple on his Zoom for his disciples, and um, Satsvarup Maharaj heard about it. Oh, and then he said at the end of the Zoom, um, he, he should publish these, and um, I thought that was very nice, but I, I didn't think anything more of it, but... Uh, Satsvarup Maharaj sent me an email and he said that he had heard that and he said that when your guru says that, that that's not a joke and that's, that's like an order and uh, so I decided to put a little energy into actually publishing it and um, and it finally finished it just a couple of weeks ago and I gave someone a copy to bring to him but I, I don't know if it got there but I'm hoping it did, but but I, I he did ask his disciples to come see him last September, and I was able to go. But that was quite an adventure, and uh, I had this his disciple, and I I um, I wrote a couple of poems about this kind of turbulent incident when he told us that he was sick and he asked us to come, and just at that time I got COVID and it wasn't clear that I could go. So these poems are about this little up and down uh, business. And um, I'll, I'll just read them and there's two or three short poems. This one has an explanation. It's called Turning Points. I wrote to my guru, Kadamba Kanana Swami, joking with him about the process of creating a poem about surprises that appear in our material and spiritual lives. But he had a secret he was holding close to the vest, a tumultuous cancer diagnosis, and he was waiting for the right moment to tell his adoring followers. We were all grateful to see that his humanity and humility and spiritual vision of his future are unshaken. 
as I was letting the poem take shape, waiting for it to emerge, I heard the news. So the poem took one more wrenching twist. He told me a line from Chaitanya Charitamrita. What is the use of the arrow of the hunter, of the words of the poet, if they do not pierce the heart and make the head spin? And, and this is the actual poem I was writing when I heard the news. I am old enough that the Brooklyn of my youth is gone. My father was from an older version still, radio shows, fighting, enlisting during the Second World War right after high school. All the young men smoked. I was five and he took me to Coney Island and we sat on the cyclone roller coaster. Rickety wood beams painted white, a tarnished safety bar across our laps, tightened as the ride began. Up we went, slowly bumping and halting. At the top we could see the beach and the sea and the sun. And then the speed, the hurtling, rattling cars, the screaming. I tasted the pitted bar as I seized it close and endured a few minutes of terror. <laughs> Chaitanya Charitamrita, the character of the living force and immortality. It is the favorite Shastra of Kadamba Kanda Maharaj and reportedly the choice of Srila Prabhupada if he had to have just one. We read about the history of the universe in technical detail and the branches of the sect for several generations and the detailed list of the writings of the Goswamis, summaries of the various sections of Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu divided into seas and waves. And after we move slowly, slowly through the long list of the contributions of the great Goswamis, Rupa, Jiva, Sanatana, the text roars to life. We, we witness their visit to Mahaprabhu at Jagannath Puri, and we hear about his unsurpassable ecstasy, his absorption in the deities, and his identification with the love of the gopis and separation from their beloved. I grasped the book tightly, almost afraid to turn the page. How much was I qualified to hear about these intimate details of the life of the Lord? in this sudden and astounding acceleration. There he was in detailed description, his actual movements and conversations. The author's information from intimate sources is impeccable. The devotion of a chain of witnesses, undoubtable. The, trans the transcendent experience of inspiration provided by the text is shared by 600 years of lovers, saints, and servants. And I thought that was a shock, that rapid ascent to literary joy. Thought that I understood how quickly things can turn until I heard Maharaj's quiet explanation today as he delivered the news to soften the blow. Hearing him speak, explaining what the months ahead would bring, a chasm kept widening, his future beginning to take its form as I imagined remembering him even as he spoke. He straightens out my life and he turns it upside down. But the bitter news has its sweet taste somehow, as his courage and faith are unshaken. He invited us to meet him in Vindavana, and soon, the splendor of his new home as it is being prepared, the warmth of the embrace he will feel on his arrival, is the shadow of these what we feel in these moments that confuse the heart. There is a distant music to be heard in the heartbreaking time we have with him now.
while he laughs. I'm a tough Dutchman. You'd like to say that. <laughs> then I have this poem called The Material World and It's Not Kidding. <laughs> After three days of sore throat and four days before leaving for Vandavana, I tested positive for COVID. I'm already gliding into couch potato mode. <laughs> Did you know that a home virus test takes exactly as long to show results as a frozen pizza? <laughs> Hard to chant with a scratchy throat, easy to find excuses. How does one respond to this kind of event? I determined to go there in my mind, touch the dust to my head when I enter, go to Mongol Arctic at 4 a.m. each day, buy beautiful outfits for Gorn and feel the undeniable inspiration from the deity of Lord Balaram, whose eyes can see me. Do japa quietly at the Samadhi of Srila Prabhupada. With every moment I will feel that I am right there in my own heart and at the heart of everything. Then I have some, I, I sent an email to Kadamba Kanada to tell him I couldn't come. He learned of my inability to join him. And this is his quote. That is a disappointment. In my mind, I already had several conversations with you. Magnificent discussions, they have taken place in the timeless realm of our affection. Everything was composed perfectly. I was prepared to miss the entire event of the pilgrimage to Vrindavana, but my symptoms ended suddenly and I was able to go. I arrived though in a fragile state of mind and still wrestling with some issues involving my work as an attorney. Grumpy old Jewish gray stubblehead carries worries around like a crumpled brown bag with numbers written on it. Lord Balarama hooks it with his plow and tosses it into non-existence. You are here, don't miss it. What a perfect smile as he leans with a naughty air upon the shoulder of Brother Almighty. I have entered the Dham. Roger, we'll need about 15 minutes of cure time. You want me to? Yeah. Oh, okay. And Premana, you can play with Nanda. Sure. Come up here before the deities. And then we'll take this up. I wish I knew you were sick and I thought you had a tincture. Oh, what? A tincture. Oh. What, what are you leaving tomorrow? <laughs> I gave the same tincture to Sasha Nelly's family, and he said I cured him. <laughs> okay. You don't have, you don't have anything that you're taking? I was taking some uh, that heavy cloth medicine. Uh -huh. Yeah. Well, how about this tincture of salt for... It's really good. It usually, like, kicks some of the stuff out.